Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Good Question. I am your host, Daniel Welch, and today's episode is all about overcoming obstacles. Overcoming obstacles. What do you do? What are some things that stand in your way, and uh, what do you do to overcome it? So, nice little episode coming up. Sit back, relax, and enjoy, because this is The Good Question. All right, so where to begin with today's episode? Like I mentioned in the uh, beginning part of this, it's, it's going to be about overcoming some obstacles. But before we get to that point, um, you know, I, we've been hosting so many people at our apartment in just like a month of living here. I think I've hosted so many different, not just different people, but just in general. I'm not used to hosting that much. So we've usually been staying pretty busy with having people over and see everybody. Now we've been responsible. It, it's been the same people who've been coming over. So we've been responsible during the shutdown, the quarantine, and the whole nine yards. We've been very, very good about how we do things. So it's not just a different person every single day uh, running the risk of, you know, infection spreading through the shutdown. And even, you know, as we start to reopen, so part of that is uh, I've been going to the gym more, which is awesome. I've been finally overcoming that beast, um, and that's been awesome. So the dogs that I mentioned yesterday, luckily they did not bark during the episode yesterday. They are officially gone. The two loud ones are officially out, and we're back to kind of a quiet lifestyle here, which is super cool. Let's go ahead and jump into our question of the day, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. And I uh, got a nice fun fact lined up for you, and then um, we're, we'll, we're we're good for today's episode. <laughs> for today's episode, okay. So here is our question for today: Is something in your way, and can you move it? Now. I know I'm going to get a lot of people who are going to question me on this one, and they're going to, you know, I say it often, is there something in your way, and can you move it? It doesn't have to be something physical. Um, I, I feel like I have to set these stipulations out because I have some people who are overly critical of these questions. So let me spearhead it right now and make it overly um, uh, as simplified as I possibly can. Is something in your way? Can you move it? It doesn't have to be physical. It can be something that maybe emotionally you're trying to overcome. It can be something mentally you're trying to overcome. It could be something physical. You know, it could be something physical, an obstacle. And that is why the topic for today is obstacles, overcoming your obstacles. So to answer the question, is something in the way and can I move it? Absolutely. There is something in the way and I can move it and I will move it. Um, you know, I mentioned I've been going back to the gym. One of the biggest obstacles that I've been struggling with over the past few years is that I have slowly but surely been uh, creating a relationship with food. Now, being in a relationship with food is not a bad thing. But when I'm not portion controlling myself and I'm just eating to eat, that's the bad thing. So I need to learn portion control, but I also need to get myself back in shape. I reached a point at the end of last year that I was like, I'm done. You know, I got tired of looking in the mirror and seeing um, that. Now, granted, in the long scheme, in the grand scheme of things, am I severely overweight? No. 
but I know that I'm getting there if I don't take the steps and be careful. So, you know, I started last year to go to the gym, and then the shutdown really didn't help at all. Closed all the gyms. It even closed the apartment complex I moved into um, until the start of this month. There's always going to be an obstacle that's going to get in the way of doing things. I'm committed to making sure that this works. I want to slim down a little bit. I want to retain what is left of the summer. You know, I want to meet somebody. You know, I want to start building that life, if that makes sense. And so in order to do that, I need to be able to take care of myself. The shutdown has surprisingly been a huge wake up call for me, but also in in all the good ways too. I have gained so much through this shutdown. I actually couldn't be more grateful for the shutdown because it allowed me to see me. It allowed me to realize who I am and is giving me the opportunity to even start fresh again. So the shutdown has actually been a blessing for me. It has been a blessing in disguise. It has worked in my favor. So I'm not even calling the shutdown an obstacle. I'm not because it's something I've already overcome. You know, it may have stood in the way before, but it doesn't stand in the way now. And I know that it's not the same for everybody. I have friends who were severely affected by this um, in such a way that they are still waiting for government assistance, you know, and some of us, we got approved weeks ago. You know what I mean? So I understand the situation is not not the same for everybody. It's not, it is not created equal and that's awful. Now in saying that, I'm going to use an example of somebody who I know and I'm not going to use their name uh, because, you know, I don't, um, I try to be respectful. <laughs> I absolutely try to be respectful. And to me, this is one of the biggest examples of overcoming an obstacle that I can think of. This person was part of a startup business that was just getting ready. It was just getting on its feet. He was coming in at basically a supervisor level. He was starting in. He was very excited for it, ready to rock and roll, ready to make this thing happen, you know. And I was following him online. He's very enthusiastic, very happy. He got an apartment in in, in downtown Orlando area. I'll say the downtown Orlando area. He likes the Orlando area. And um, then the shutdown occurred. When the shutdown occurred, he got furloughed pretty much indefinitely, almost immediately. Now, I don't know. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if it was laid off or furloughed. I believe he used the terminology furloughed, right? Well, he had just gotten a dog, too. So he had just gotten a dog. He had just gotten an apartment. You know, he would just gotten his car. Like, there was a whole bunch of things that just lined up for him financially. And let's just say that the unemployment side of things did not pan out for him. It, it wasn't working out for him at all. He could not. He was hitting a bunch of red tape. He submitted everything. He did everything appropriately. And then, basically, his information got erased. So all the work... Um, that he had done did not pay off. And then when he tried to reach out to them, they said, well, you, you had to go in and claim. He said, I couldn't go in and claim because your site wouldn't let me in. So basically it made it look like he didn't need assistance in the eyes of the system, even though it was the system that kept him from claiming the assistance. So that is the story that I'm seeing from a lot of people all across the state. But instead of letting that kick him down, He was very depressed about that. 
but he picked himself up immediately. I, I, the, the turnaround was insane. He picked himself up, got himself a job working at uh, the hospital chains here. Advent Health, I believe is what it is. And he's on a roll, guys. He's gotten that job. He picked himself right up. He did not sit down and, and let something get in his way. It was an obstacle. He jumped over that obstacle flew over that obstacle. I shouldn't just say jump. He flew over that obstacle, got himself a nice job. And um, I just saw on his Facebook that he's buying a house. So good for him. If you do, uh, you know, if he is listening, if you do listen to the podcast, I'm proud of you, man. I, I really, truly am proud of you. Um, that is a shining example of never letting anything get in your way. You, you, fa- you looked adversity right in the face you picked yourself up, you dusted yourself off, and you ran forward. And now you have something else to be proud of. So good for you. I'm very proud of you. Keep up the good work. It's an inspiration watching you do what you do. Now, another obstacle that we have to overcome as a society as well is acceptance across the board. That is an overall, and and I'm not going to go into great detail because we already know. These are things that we already know. So I don't need to go into details about current events or anything like that. All I will say is that is a huge obstacle for society in general, not just here in our country, but in general, a global society. And I think we can. I think we can overcome it. I think we will overcome it. I think that we have to make the right decisions as a global community. Why am I so optimistic about this? Well, I'll tell you. I recently uh, upgraded my computer system. That's right. Yay! I finally upgraded my computer system, which has been amazing. And consequently, in doing that, I've been playing. I finally got a chance to go to the new Civilization game. I love Civilization games in general. I've been following them for years. I absolutely love them. And this new one, Civilization VI, um, I say it's new, but it's been out for a few years. Give me my moment. Uh, <laughs> haters going to hate. Anyway, I, I get Civilization VI. I open it up. I start playing it. What I love about Civilization is your cooperation. What I love about Civilization VI that it introduces with some of the expansions, I got the uh, the Gathering Storm expansion, which allows us to build our society in the midst of um, natural disasters and global catastrophes and things like that. One of the features on there is uh, the World Congress. The World Congress meets every 30 turns, and it's basically the Congress made up of every civilization that is on the map, every playable character that's on the map. And it allows you all to vote together on global decisions that are going to happen across the game for the next 30 turns. I really love this feature. Because it shows create it, it finally gives us me the or bleh, finally gives me the ability to be diplomatic and not so much war war drawn. If you've played Civilization before, you might notice, like especially if you play on AI, people just love to fight. They just love to fight. Now I'll admit, my latest campaign that I started. Um, it did fight. Like I was, we were barely ten turns in, and there was a civilization next to me who picked a fight. He started fighting. Now, I have been trying for many, 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 many years to achieve a diplomatic victory in civilization. Diplomatic victories are so hard to attain if you're not careful. 
Guys, last night at about 7 o'clock, 7, 7.30, I achieved diplomatic victory after one day of gameplay. How did I do it? I did it by simply being nice. I did it by overcoming every obstacle. So the campaign started with a fight from my neighbor. Um, he just attacked me out of nowhere. Surprise attack, surprise war. It, it literally does even say surprise war on there. So he attacks me, comes into my land, starts attacking my city. I've got, I've got a decent army. Again, I, I don't build up my armies. I believe in the infrastructure and building for the common good. I do donate money to city states and all that kind of stuff in the games. So, stuff. so I, I think that's how it should work. We should all be working together to build up. Anyway, he, he launches his assault. He comes into the town and, or comes into my northern city. I had it four cities at that point. He attacks the northern one, which was the newer one. So it wasn't very well established just yet. I send what troops I have. Not that many. I think there were four bands of troops. Like it's not that many at all. I repel him. Now this is important. I could have pressed the attack because he got weakened after that. So I could have pressed the attack into his town and launched a full scale invasion. I did not do that. All I did was just push him out of my border. That's it. I pushed him out of my border and then I left my men at my border. Right? So after a few turns of this happening, we declare peace. I'm like, I'm not going to kill you. I don't want to kill you because I believe that you have, you've got strategic resources that we could trade. We can actually be more valuable if we work together. So push him out. We declare peace. There was never a war again for the rest of the game. I never got attacked again. I never, um, made anybody angry well okay i made a few people angry but it was mainly just because they're like your army's puny it would be easy to take out so every five turns or so i would churn out more men in the world congress i would make sure to delegate to other people instead of always voting for myself i would vote for other people to have certain things i established trade routes with them so we were trading money we were trading resources we were trading everything it was all about being diplomatic. Then something miraculous happened like halfway through. I hit like the industrial era because you go through like the medieval era and all that kind of stuff. I hit the industrial era and guys, I don't know what happened. Like my money, my intake of money just exploded. It absolutely took off. Trade routes started taking off. Money started going in it. At one point in the game, I had like 16,000 dollars in my account i still had only five units in the military i had like six units on the navy sitting out in the port not really doing anything i had one unit uh one military sorry not one military one naval unit that was just exploring the map i wanted to keep exploring the map i wanted to see where everybody was at and seeing if i could discover natural wonders so with civilization six they've made it so user-friendly uh, well, not so user-friendly. I shouldn't say that. They have made it difficult. They've broken things down very specifically. So shortly after I start getting an industrial boom, I start seeing monks and Buddhists and all this kind of stuff showing up on my shores. There was a holy war happening. That's right. You can actually have a holy war. And it was happening on my shorefront. 
So I started researching ways to expel them and saying, look, here's the deal. I don't care if you come over here and try and influence. I, I don't care if you guys want to have your holy war. I'm just asking you not to do it on my territory. I don't care. I don't care. You can practice your religion anywhere you want to, but do not enforce it on me. So that was an obstacle I had to overcome. And the best thing I could do to maintain peace with literally everybody was nothing. Sometimes the best thing you can do is nothing. I did nothing, and it worked out very well. So, proud moment, diplomatic victory. I achieved a diplomatic victory by... When in this game, when civilizations get devastated by natural disasters, they can call a special meeting of Congress. So the World Congress meets every 30 turns, but there are also special sessions of Congress that get called. Anytime that there was a need for aid, I make sure I made sure and dedicate every single one of my cities. And I think ultimately I had one, three, four, five, six. I had six cities total. Um, not a whole lot, but they were spread out to be able to attain strategic resources. I turned each of those cities into aid giving. So like every five to 10 turns, it was sending aid over to them, which was insane. That earned me diplomatic favor like crazy. And then in the Congress, when they were like, we should award two diplomatic points, I went ahead and awarded myself and then voted and everybody agreed. Because I was nice. Because I wasn't trying to start a war with anybody. Because I literally was just trying to be responsible, diplomatic, and everything. Guys, I earned so much money. I earned so much respect that, like, say, around 7 p.m. last night, I achieved the diplomatic victory. Now, I do want to include this in there because I think it's funny. It has nothing to do with overcoming an obstacle, but it's funny. So after I achieved the diplomatic victory, it goes to all the pomp and circumstance, and it's like, you look to the stars and helping us build together and all this kind of stuff. And then there's an option that says, keep going. So I can keep going if I want to. Guys, you would not believe it. I hit keep going, and what's the very first thing somebody does? They start betraying each other. Now there's war happening everywhere. Special sessions of Congress are being called in. And I made a, I think I made a tactical error. It may come back and bite me. I'm still going to play this. I've already won. So if I lose due to war, I don't even care because I've already won the diplomatic victory. I was the first to achieve a victory in the game. So technically the game ended when I got the diplomatic victory. I'm just playing now to have fun. I want to see how it plays out, right? I am building up my military. Now, there was a special session of Congress that came into play. This will be an obstacle that I will have to overcome in the game. <sighs> my neighbor, the guy who attacked me first, originally at the start of the campaign, betrayed his alliance with somebody who was on the other side of his game. So imagine he's in the middle of the two of us, right? He's got a good empire. Nothing's going on. Just just generate science. Generate what you can. Let's build together. Anyway, he betrays um, the queen of the Nile. She's nasty. So if you betray her, oh my goodness. He betrays her and launches a war. Their military strength's not a lot of great because everybody's been focusing so much on everything else. It's a foolhardy attempt to attack. However... I don't want to go to war with anybody. I don't want to go to war with him. So what happens? Special session of Congress Congress gets called. And 
there the world is basically saying we need to go to war with him and teach him a lesson he's never going to forget i am the only one who disagreed i voted against it i didn't severely vote against it i just cast a single vote against it of course it lost and everybody overwhelmingly supports going to war and now there is a global war on this guy what makes me nervous about this is he will not win Okay, he will not win. If he survives, then I'm good because he's my neighbor. So if he survives, I'm in good shape because I'm his neighbor. So I'm protected. I'm up in the northern part of the map, kind of the north. So I'm kind of protected up there. So he's a valuable ally to have. However, if he loses, which I would like to think is going to happen. And I say that with respect to him, even though it's all AI, mind you. If he loses, the whole world is now going to be against me because I sided with him. I sided with him because I didn't want him to turn his army around and come after me. Right? I did not want war and bloodshed on my front. Does that make me a coward? I, I don't know. I just want peace. I just want peace. I just want peace. So that's what I, that's what I did. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm a little skeptical on it, but I know I've already won the game, so I'm not worried if I get launched into a military war that I cannot win. So needless to say, now I'm trying to advance my military skills. It may be too late in the game for that, but I think that I'm justified in my action. I didn't severely vote against him. I just said I don't. I, I voted in such a way that it's like, no, I don't want to condone war. I think he should be punished, but there are another. There are other ways to punish him rather than war. You cut him off, cut him off supply line wise. He can't do anything if he doesn't have money. He can't do anything if he doesn't have supplies. That's how you do it, not through war. Anyway, I'm so sorry. This episode has become so civilization heavy, and it was supposed to be about overcoming obstacles. But I think that we have overcome obstacles. <laughs> You're overcoming an obstacle right now just by listening to this episode. So good job for you. Um, so what, what do you guys do to overcome obstacles? What are some obstacles that stand in your way? It kind of goes back to the question, the question of the day, which is, you know, is something in your way? And what are you going to do to get rid of it? You know, what is in your way and how do you get rid of it? So it's up to you guys. Everything's up to you. Now let's jump to our fun fact of the day. The fun fact today is, um, I just thought it was interesting. I already like to do this anyway, but now I'm thinking I might do it a little bit more. Here it is. Sleeping in a cold room can help you slim down. I've already told you that uh, weight loss is a big deal for me right now. So sleeping in a cold room can help you slim down. Just a single month of sleeping in a 66-degree room helped increase subjects' fat-burning ability by as much as 10%, according to a research study from the Commonwealth University. Okay, sign me up. I don't mind. It gets cooler here at night anyway. I say it gets cooler here at night anyway. Not, not during the summer, but you know what I mean. So I'm all for it. I'm all for giving this a try. So I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see what happens and go from there. So sleeping in a cold room can help you slim down. After a month, you can burn as much as 10% of your body fat. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Test me. Test me. I'm going to do it. 
Well, so that that's that. I hope that you guys took a little bit in from this Overcoming Obstacles. If some of you were curious about Civilization Six, I hope I answered a lot of those questions for you. I should just title the episode Civ Six. That's what I should do. Not Obstacles. <laughs> Too late. I've already named it. It's, it's done. It's done. Because what I'm doing in the game is Overcoming Obstacles. So, done. Don't, I'm not even going to argue it. Don't even try. Alright folks, well that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Good Question. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the way out so you get all the updates to when we post new episodes. I try to keep it daily, and then in July, as a reminder, I will probably be dropping down to posting twice a week to prepare myself for uh, the possibility of going back to work and helping streamline the schedule with work and with the podcast. So again, in July, the posting schedules will probably be twice a week, but we're still going to have plenty of questions to ask during those two days that the episodes drop. If you ever want to be on the show, you know what you guys got to do. Just reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the main handles there. You can also reach me on the anchor.fm site. You can also reach me on a blog, farfaraway.com. That's my personal blog. I don't post on it a whole lot, but that's a blog you can reach me on. And if you know me personally, reach out to me. You can text me. You can message me uh, You know, through email, whatever the case may be. And let's set up a time to get you on the show so we can ask you the good question. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I always want to remind you that there always is time for a good question. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow.